here with Cole Ferguson. That's me. And to nobody's surprise, both the Cavaliers and the Warriors have made it to their respective conference finals. Yeah, no surprise. I The Eastern Conference is a joke. That's what I'm going to get at first. The Cavs, just because they have the slightest bit of advantage over, over teams like the Pacers and the Raptors, they make it by, you know, obviously to the Eastern Conference Finals. This this Raptors series was a joke. Uh, I We all thought the Raptors were going to be better than they were because we ha- saw, saw how they were in the regular season and even the first series of the playoffs. But in, in the most Toronto Raptor fashion, they choked and got swept in four games. And not even by... The, the closest game was seven points. I mean, games one and two is both by, you know, 11 and then 22 points. Game three is also 27 points. And then... You know, game four, they finally made it close when it again didn't matter because game five would have lost again. But And it was more than just that. Just the entire series, the Cavaliers just had this air about them. Like they knew they were better than the Raptors, which they are. And that they knew that they were going to sweep. They, we saw with the, the beer thing. We saw LeBron having way more fun during this series in a playoff series than he ever should. You figure in the playoffs, it's all about the game. It's all about winning. It's all about doing that. But the fact that... He can joke around and mess with fans on the sidelines and and play jokes and do all that stuff and still sweep them confidently. It just, as a Cavs hater, it's annoying. It's so annoying. I just... And then you look at the, you look at the other series, the Wizards and Boston series, where one of these teams were all, we're all hoping we'll be able to beat the Cavs in the right. next round. It's just not going to like happen. Neither, no. them, neither of them can. You know, it's, they're, they're tied 2-2. They play on Wednesday night, Game 5 in Boston. And... All three games have been kind of the home team's favor. Yeah, so here's the thing. We see this. It just is, is it, it's being set up as a given for the Cavs to win this series now, or at least the first couple of games. Because look, it's we've got game five. It's a close series. It's tied 2-2 right now. We can, we can assume that it's probably going to go to seven. I mean, that's, that's the likelihood here. It, maybe it ends in six if a team... Uh, when you know pulls one out on the road, but they're switching locations, so you know, assuming every team wins at home, it's going to go to seven games. The Cavs are going to have a week, two weeks, maybe a long time. The rest now that they've swept this series, and these two teams are battling it out in seven games, they're going to be exhausted. They're going to be destroyed to play one of the toughest teams in the league, and I think that's it's just setting it up for the Cavs to go into the championship no problem and I think that's why the Eastern Conference especially this year is just a joke because the Cavs are far and away I don't know DeMar DeRozan said it best if if we had if we had LeBron on our team we would have won that game duh I mean he's the greatest player in our generation now and arguably of all time (laughs) that's just I think if you put LeBron James on any team they would be Obviously, a playoff team, and if you take if you, if you take if you take the, give him a year or two, he would be a playoff team. Give him if you take him off this team, they are probably a seven seed losing the first round. The Cavs. I don't think so. People, people, people underestimate. Over, underestimate, not overestimate. 
underestimate the the amount of skill and talent that the rest of the Cavs have. They've got two other superstars. They've got Kevin Love. They've got Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving's one of the best point guards in the league. Um, they've got, you know, other role players. They've got Tristan Thompson. They've got J.R. Smith. They've got Richard Jefferson. They've got a lot of other players that serve their purpose well. And I think even without LeBron, this is a good team. This is a playoff team. This is... I still think they're a playoff team. I just don't think they're as scary uh, to the rest of the team. Uh, yeah, when you're yeah. going against this LeBron James, you know, like DeRozan said, you know, if we would have LeBron James, it's all about LeBron. How do you defend Lamar, or LeBron James? How do you, you know, control this man, this beast, and take him off? Kyrie Irving's not that impressive. I mean, he's still he's still a good yeah. player. He's still an all star. Same with Kevin Love and somebody like J.R. Smith. But like, they're not a menace. They're not a terrifying team as they are now with one of the best players of all time. I don't know. I, I put them probably on the same level as I would like the Celtics or, or, or I mean, yeah, they've got, they've got a monster Kyrie Irving and Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas is obviously, I think better this season, but Kyrie Irving is very good. And I'm not a Kyrie Irving guy. I think that people overestimate his talent a lot of the time. And I think that, you know, he's not amazing, but I think he's very, very good. I and mean, he's an all-star for sure. As we've seen, um, but I think the Cavs, even without LeBron, are still a very good team. And I think that people give them way too much credit for. I think the funniest quote that we saw was um, DeRozan said that he'd pay $100 to somebody who gives him the answer uh, how to stop LeBron James. That's people's that's people's <laughs> jobs. There's people in the NBA designed to figure out how to do that. And he's like, I'll give you $100 for it. They're getting paid $100,000. He's getting paid several million dollar contract. Probably the star <laughs> of... Toronto, their their franchise player. He's like, I'll give you a hundred dollars. Right? There's there's <laughs> defense coaches and you know head coaches and assistant coaches out there. It's like who watch film all day long for you know weeks leading up to a series or a game to figure out how to stop LeBron James. And he's like, I'll give you a hundred dollars for it. Because one of these reporters who right. follows the NBA, they'll know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they'll know. Um, Western Conference just as exciting um, yeah. as the Eastern Conference. You know, we had another sweep. The Golden State. Again, you know, 8-0 in the playoffs so far over the Jazz. No one really expected the Jazz to do much, put up much of a fight. And they didn't really until the yeah. last game. But you know what's crazy, though, is that that's it. This is the prime example of the gap in between the Western Conference and the Eastern Conference. I think that the Jazz are are, are still a very good team. They got swept by the Warriors, but that's because the Warriors are basically an all-star team. I mean, they had four all-stars and four of their starters. It's they're an all-star team. The Jazz, I think you take them over, put them in the Eastern Conference, they're a second or third place team regular season. I think that's, I mean, that's clear. Yeah. And the fact that they're getting swept by the Warriors and the Jazz probably would lose in a seven game series to either of the two in the other game in San Antonio or the Houston just goes to show how much far and ahead the Western Conference teams are. I think that judging by this, the Spurs and Rocket series, I think either of those teams have a chance to beat the Cavs in a seven game series. Definitely. I think I've been saying that all year, how the West is so much better than the East. And I think all top, if you replace the Jazz with the Clippers, who are actually the four seed, I think the top four could beat any of the teams in the Eastern in the seven game series. You think the Clippers could beat? No, I said instead of the Clippers, you put the Jazz as the four seed. Right. So you'd have. The I don't Warriors, know about the Jazz, Jazz beating. Spurs and Rocks. I don't think the Jazz could beat the Cavs in a four game series, but I think it'd be you know, probably close. Um, closer than the Cavs versus. Uh, Pacers, the, or, Pacers, uh, the Raptors, yeah. honestly, um, but 
it's just it's annoying to think about how the West is just so stacked. And it's always been like this. The West has just always been a different league compared to the East. And, you know, having a team like the Cavs in the East makes it a little bit competitive as far as the finals go. But in the weeks leading up to that and in the playoffs, yeah, we get good series. But you have to think that at the end of the day, you're still going to have it doesn't Cavs. matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Exactly. Which is the same thing on the West, though. At the end of the day, the Warriors are still going to win the West. Uh, I guess. I just feel like it's maybe this year we've seen a lot of prominence in the Rockets and the Spurs. The Spurs have always been good, but yeah. we've seen a lot of prominence in the Rockets. I don't think the Warriors could sweep either of those teams. I don't think it's going to be... I think that the Cavs could sweep either of the teams that come up into the you know West or Eastern Conference Finals. the past finals. two years. You know, we saw the Hawks a few years ago, and then we saw yeah. last year the Raptors. Yeah. I mean, so that's what I'm saying is that it's going to be more competitive, but I think even that just goes to show how much more talented they are. The fact that the, if the Warriors, who I think are the clear favorites this for this season, which, you know, we could say about last season too, but it's a little different. Last year's finals was a miracle, I think, that you, you can't count on that stuff to happen every single time. And there's, I know, especially we debate a lot, and Connor's not here to defend himself, but we debate a lot about the proceedings of last year's finals and whether the Cavs really deserve to win that or the Cavs really earn that or whatever, you know, I hate, I'm a hater. I'm a Cavs hater. Con's a Cavs lover. So yeah. we, we, we butt heads about that a little bit. It's interesting because he's been to the finals. He's been to the NBA. LeBron James has been to the NBA finals past six times. And, but all six of those times were on the East. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting. You can put him on a team like the jazz or if you, you know, change him and Harden, would he still be able to go to the NBA Finals six times in a row in the Western Conference? I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, that's 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 a good question because it's it's weird like that. You know, it's it's the teams, first of all. It's I can't tell you what it is. I can't pinpoint because it's not like the Western Conference has much more talented players and much more all-stars. You know what I mean? It's not necessarily like that. I think it's the depth of the Western Conference teams that make them just so much better, I, especially with the Warriors, the prime example. The Warriors have their starting five. The Warriors have, you know, the the infamous starting five that everybody knows. And then, you know, their sixth men, seventh men, eighth men, and, and their other squads that come out are still competitive. You could take you could take the take away the five starters and you just use the backup squads. I they're probably still a playoff team in the Western Conference. I mean, I think all, I think there's seven team seven players on the Warriors. That could seven or eight players that could be, you know, the stars on another team, like solo stars, but because on the Warriors, they're really good. So moving on from today's NBA playoff talk, we're gonna go take it back a little retro to 2008. Um, something that broke Monday night was that the 2008 Celtics team had a meeting on TNT without Ray Allen because you know there's a bitter breakup Just beef, yeah, with Ray Allen. Uh, Cole is a former and still probably a big Celtics fan. Yeah, yeah. This was back when I was growing up. This was the the 2000. That's about when I started really getting into basketball. I was a football guy growing up, and I started watching basketball religiously around this time. So they were on Area 21, Kevin Garnett's show on TNT. And as we can recall, back in the 2008, you know, 2009, 10 seasons, the Boston Celtics were prime time. They were must-watch basketball. They were stacked. They had... Kevin Garnett, big ticket. They got Paul Pierce, Rondo. They had Ray Allen, uh, KG, Pierce, and Ray Allen were like the big three. And then they had Perkins and Glenn Davis and other stuff like that. So um, the other night, Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, Rondo, Kendrick Perkins, and Glenn Davis got on Area 21 and started talking about 
how, you know, really opened up for the first public time about how they felt about Ray Allen leaving and going to the Miami Heat when that whole thing was going down back when LeBron went to the Heat and stuff like that. It was it was very, it was very interesting to hear them just openly talk about their feelings and stuff like that. It makes sense though. I mean, for a player like Ray Allen who's one of the best shooters of all time and, you know, historically good. It was just weird that like for them to you know, just open up about it and for six minutes like this and, and talk about it the way they did. They talked about how they had wished that he had, you know, told them that he was leaving and, and done all that stuff, which makes sense. It's just, it was just weirder for them to open up about it now. And especially with players like Rajon Rondo, who are still in the league and, you know, Paul Pierce retiring, Kevin Garnett on TNT. So it, it was open for it, but you know, how do you feel about ring hopping, McLean? How do you feel about chasing rings? How do you feel about players leaving their 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 you know go to franchise in chase of a championship? Not a fan. Yeah, and I think probably you know I think Ray Allen and LeBron are probably the two most infamous. Infamous, maybe KD even you know this past year where he's left his yeah. team that was obviously not going to make it to the finals again because he had the super team across the across the conference. And you know when you when you play when you sign up to play a sport. And you're good, you know, you want ultimately to win that championship, win that Super Bowl, win that NBA Finals, win that Stanley Cup, you know, win whatever the end of the year trophy is. And if you're not on a team surrounded by players that are going to be able to do that, you have the option to go and find a team that's already been there or has had a better chance of doing so like these players have. But for me, I think it's more on you to make the team you're on a playoff team, make them a team that can win. You know, we've seen this. Um, like like Tom Brady or Russell Westbrook this season, you know, uh, Tom Brady's another prime example. Is that like he came into it, stuck it out for the long haul, and they were a championship team because of him. He didn't jump to the other Patriots, teams. He the didn't Patriots get traded. Had been to the Super right. Bowl once before Tom Brady was there, and now they have six five rings right with him. So I think it's more important to go, you know, stay where you are, and make the team. You know, trust the process, I guess, is, you know, kind of the thing. Maybe we're uh, a little foreshadowing. Uh, Joel and Pete championship yeah, coming some, up. Some, uh, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Stay warm. Trust the process. <laughs> but I, I agree. I think that there's more to be said and there's more respect, especially in the game, to, to a player that sticks it out and builds a championship team as opposed to going and being a part of a, you know, off-season, on-paper math equation to, you know, put a championship team together to win for a short period of time. I think there's much more to be said for that. And I think that I can't blame them necessarily because the championship is, you know, the championship and players get traded. It just happens like that. But, and it's, it's far as the best move for their, you know, their career, like Kevin Durant maybe never would have been able to win a championship in Oklahoma city, everybody, Oklahoma city has been breaking down when, and so for him to go to golden state, I don't necessarily blame him, but I think I would respect him so much more if he had stayed on Oklahoma city and, you know, worked with Oklahoma city and built a championship around Oklahoma city, as opposed to going to a team that was already good. I get that. It was just weird for them to open up about it the way they had. And it's understandable. Everything they said was accurate. I don't think anything they said was unjustified and they were very civil about it, but man, it kind of ate up the headlines this week. Well, um, sticking with this NBA trend we've had on today's episode, we're going to bring you part two of our Craig Hodges interview from last week. You know, um, he talks more about on-court play and 
A few challenges. We have a little um, bit of fun during yes. the second part right here. So here is part two of the interview with NBA champion Craig Hodges. So you kind of dropped it in there in conversation a little bit. Um, if a job were to open up, say with the Knicks or with Phil Jackson or anywhere really, do you think you'd be uh, you know open to the idea of maybe taking a, a coaching position or back in the league again? You know, you know, in in this conversation, and I'm you know my son, who's my assistant coach on the high school level, my other son is coaching over in Germany. We've been speaking about it the last couple of months, and for me, to some degree. I haven't really considered it because based upon the politics of what's happened in my career mm-hmm. and that that's been a, that's been a major obstacle for me to move even to the point where and that that D League job I was an assistant D League coach in, in New York. That's, I should have been a head coach for that. Mm-hmm. But based upon whatever I understand where it's at. So I was trying and willing to help my comrades who I've won championships with, both PJ and Fish. But at the same time, I'm I'm a, I'm a realist, man. I'm a realist to the point where, yeah, if the opportunity comes, it's just like, just like when I was playing, I played, and my play showed what I was capable of doing. Right. In this in this in this coaching thing, it's a different situation where you have to have a mouthpiece or an agent that goes out and shops you around and all that. I feel like this. My knowledge of the triangle. Nobody on earth is is more knowledgeable, whether it's Phil Jackson or Tex. Tex will tell you himself that I know it better than him because I played in it. Mm-hmm. And then I taught it. I taught it on a D1 level, level at Chicago State. I taught it in Halifax, Nova Scotia, when I coached up there professionally. So it's not a matter of not knowing the system. And he, but he's been able to implement it. And still, I'm still active enough to, to be able to show the players your movements and how they should occur from a rhythmic end of the offense. So right. it's a lot of stuff, man. It's, it's just a matter of somebody willing to give you an opportunity. And I'm not holding my breath for that. There's too many, too many things that need to go on right now within Chicago and the Chicagoland area that I'm working on. So if it comes about, cool. But if not, I'm cool on that too. <laughs> awesome, awesome. So, you know, we all know you've played with Michael Jordan. You you won a couple Michael championships. Michael played with me, man. Michael played with me. <laughs> That's right. Straight, you're right. That's you're, people, right. people say I'm it wrong. Older. People say it wrong. You know, <laughs> you, you're the one that should have the, uh, the the all the endorsements with Nike and stuff. But um, <laughs> you know, so you played with him, and you know we've seen LeBron James, you know, blossom throughout his career, and they're often compared, you know, with championships and just ability. So, what are your thoughts on how this, you know, goat argument, greatest of all time? Who who's better, and what are your thoughts on it? Okay, when we greatest of all time, we're in the team sport, so greatness to me is winning. Um, Bill Russell, number one. MJ, number two. Um, you know, from that measure, when we talk about the comparisons between him and Kobe, or him and LeBron, every generation has a player that is the model and image for greatness for that next generation. Dr. J was for MJ, you mm-hmm. know, so uh, Jerry West was someone else he patterned himself after. So M- Kobe was MJ. So LeBron was a mix between, you know, all of them. Almost. Yeah. So, you know, it's one of those things where every generation has that, um, that great player that, that 
you know, ignite that next generation for passion and what they're capable of possibly doing in the game based on the model they have performed. But MJ is a standard in the game, man. So when I look at what he's done in the modern era of the game, I call it the modern era because, you know, when we look back at, you know, some of the stuff that was going on in the 60s and 70s, the game was developing. I think we were blessed to play during the golden age of basketball, similar to when I look at societal in the golden age of pyramid building. We were the golden mm-hmm. age of uh, of the game and that we were able to have generational touch. So you had the generation from, you know, the Bill Walton's and the Kareem's to the Dr. J's who were handing the torch to the Barclays and the MJ's who are handing the torch to and the you know, and the Craig Hodges. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I man, I I look at I I'm just cool. I you know, when I look at the greatest players, man, I understand what goes into it and I understand the natural part of it too, that you can go as hard as you want to, but you don't have some of the natural given, you know, stuff that an MJ has, the the huge hands. You know what I'm saying? Those are gifts and to be able <laughs> to understand how you can – so people ask me the difference between MJ and Kobe, and I tell them all the time, MJ's hands, man. MJ MJ would go up, and Kobe going to the free throw line to shoot two shots, MJ going for a hand one because he finished with that big hand. So it's some, it's some things that, you know, that time just puts you in a generation at a great time or, like what you say, politically – and ahead of the time when I look at my career. So it's different things, man. And and for me, I just feel blessed to have been able to play and now being able to coach and being able to write and continue to be active in, in other ways that keep me competitive in life, man. And I think that's the biggest thing, not just being and, – and, and when I say competitive in life is that being able to see how you can touch people, what you can do as far as – life that for me that's the competition now how many how many young folks can i get in the gym in a night as opposed to being out on the corner that type of thing that's the that's the competition that i got going on now compared to trying to win another ring or anything like that knowing that when we put those models in front of young people man oftentimes those models are unreachable because we haven't we haven't taught them the importance of the foundational you know, skills necessary to get to the next level that they're trying to achieve. So we got to be in that position to be able to, to give them what they need in order to get where they want to go. Right. So another question that we have for you here, um, the, the game, NBA 2K mm-hmm. has you ranked at uh, an overall score of 80 with an outside shooting of 89, 80 athleticism, 63 for inside scoring, 78 playmaking, 61 defending, and 37 rebound. How do you feel about uh, your your NBA 2K statistics? <laughs> you know it's so crazy, man. Let me tell you, and this is honest to God's truth. I have never played the game. Really? Not one time. Not one time. I'm not a video game player, man. See, I'm a, it, it's so crazy. Just like it's hard for me to read fiction. It's mm-hmm. hard for me not to work on something that's working towards solution-based stuff. So I feel like I'm wasting my time if I'm playing video games. So it's, it ain't no diss to video play, game players who are in your audience. I'm not dissing at all. But for me, it's, it's fun to see when people are like, man, you know, I go in the gym and I have these young 
Craig Hodson. Man, I just played you on the video game. I'm like, cool, keep playing because I, I get royalties. But, you know, the cool part is, the cool part is to, to know that, you know, a, a kid like me from the projects never thought in my wildest that I would be in anybody's game. And to know that, you know, people like, man, you shoot the ball better than, than MJ in the game. I'll pick you over MJ, that type of stuff. So all of it is real cool for me because I have grandbabies now. So my children get to play it. And it's a cool thing that, to see that they're amped about seeing dad and granddad in the game. That is cool. I've always wondered what it would be like to play as yourself in a video game. It seems just like a wild concept. <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, just because you said that, I'm gonna have to have my son pull it up, and we go. I'm gonna play one quarter. Okay. Just for this conversation, <laughs> I'm gonna let you know how it went too. Thank you. I, I'm interested to hear how it goes. So we have this yep. is kind of our um, like recurring question that we have on the show. We've had a couple mm-hmm. guests so far, and we ask them gotcha. every basketball one the same question. So I okay. have this hypothesis that I could in a game of 21. I could score mm-hmm. at least one on any NBA player in the league currently. How do you think about that? I'd have to. I don't know what your skill level is like, man. I'm about. Uh, you know, I'm athletic. I'm five ten. Five ten. I'm about you know mm-hmm. one fifty, and I've got not as solid as you, but a rock solid three point game and a pretty decent. Oh well, you know. Well, okay. <laughs> now, 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 this is the question: When you play in twenty one. Right. How many players are playing? Just me, one on one. One on one. One on one. It's going. Once again, okay. If you playing Russell Westbrook, you yeah. might not score. If you playing, if you playing Dwayne Wade, he gonna let you get a bucket. Okay. So here's Kawhi the thing. Kawhi Leonard. See, and this is what I'm saying. It's certain players. That ain't gonna take it lightly, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like if I was playing you, I ain't taking it lightly, and you tell me you gonna score. Now, once again, is it make it take it? No, not make it take it. Okay, so I score, you score, I score, you score, I score, yeah. you stop, or whatever. Okay, yeah, you might get a bucket. That's what I'm saying. Everybody says no. You We've had some doubters on this show. I, no, no, I, I, no, because see, this is what happens. In the game, you got to score. So you're saying every bucket is one point, right? Yep. Okay, so that means somebody got to score 21 points and you got to play defense at least 21 times. Yep. It's going to be some slippage at some point where he might miss a shot and you run out, get it, and he might just let you turn around and shoot the ball. That's what I'm saying. You know See, me? McLean here thinks that I would just get annihilated, and I'm not saying I wouldn't. It'd probably be 21 no, might, to 1. It might, be, it might be 21 to 3 or something like that, mm-hmm. but you're going you to get a chance. You're going to get a couple open looks. That's what I'm saying. Just off this... the natural part of the game. And if you're a shooter like you say, there should be no reason that you shouldn't score, man. But I think you're being too quick. kind. Where, where, to... where, where are you guys located? Where are you guys located? North Georgia, Gainesville. Yeah. North so why don't you um, let's see who would be a good uh, who would be a good hawk for you to go against? A good hawk? I'm saying, okay, Dwight Howard. You think I could go one on one against Dwight, Dwight Howard? Dwight Howard, you would Dwight Dwight Howard, you would probably get about ten points. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> Paul Millsap. And you know why? You know why I say that now? What's how that? many dribbles are you getting? 
As many as they give me, really. If I can get, if oh, okay. I can get five feet of space, I can sink it. I, we gonna get you. Okay. See, when we play, when we play one on one, one on one in the pros, it's really, it's usually no more than two dribbles. Okay. Three at the most. That's All nice. Right? Yeah, sir. Now we're talking about footwork. We're talking mm-hmm. about getting somebody off of you, being able to create space. All mm-hmm. that. But now within the context of how you playing, you get as many dribbles as you want. Man, you dribble around the White House, dribble back out, and he's going to just stop. Then you can turn <laughs> around and shoot. Smart man, Greg. You know, so, smart man. So, so it's, certain, it's certain things that, in certain ways, to, to be able to play it. So if you got a, if you got a heater, that's a jump shot. You should be good. Mm-hmm. I'm still going to say you're being too kind to <laughs> Cole here. You haven't witnessed. I've played against him. I'm not as good as any NBA player. And I can I can take him on. That's not true, not at all. Nah, so um, I'm supposed to be coming down to Georgia, but I think it might be a little later than I thought I was going to be able to come next week. But uh, some stuff is going on, so I'm going to have to probably reschedule it. But when I come down, and then we have to get together and shoot some jumpers, man. Right, and I think I can take you on, Craig Hodges. You might you might have played yeah, in the pros. Right. You might be three time. It, it's, it's all good. I, you know, <laughs> and that's the that's the beautiful part of the game, man. I tell people if you got if you got all your your faculties and everything is cool, anybody can shoot Jays, man. I can make mm-hmm. sure that uh, I can get your jump a little bit tighter than it is, too, man. Okay, then it'll. You're you're my coach coming into. Oh, uh, deal, man. I'm your shooting coach, man. So I want you. I want to hear you. It's just like it's just like the golf when they're swinging coaches. I don't want to hear you. Now you with Hank Haney. Now you back to Butch Harmon. I don't want to hear all that, man. <laughs> well, I think I think you've had uh, better players to coach than Cole. But uh, <laughs> um, well, again, thank you so much, Mr. Hodges, for coming on the show. Um, you know, we we've read your book, uh, Long Shot. Appreciate Loved it. it. Mm-hmm, so, um, you know, to all of our listeners, go out and read and buy Long Shot by Craig Hodges. And thank you so much. Hey, man. And once again, man, I want to thank you and, and God bless you and your listening audience and make sure you guys stay, stay safe and be peaceful, man. Thanks. All right. Yes, thank you. You the same. Yeah. again to Mr. Craig Hodges for coming on the show. Be sure to check out his book, Long Shot by Craig Hodges, The Triumphs and Struggles of an NBA Freedom Fighter. And yeah. It's a fantastic book. Really goes into way more detail than we covered in the interview about, you know, his 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 path as an uh, athletic activist and his role on the Bulls and his time in the NBA and then afterwards too and everything in between. It's really a fantastic book about Everything that Craig Hodges is one of the most interesting characters, I think, in NBA's history. So make sure you go and check it out. It's a fantastic book, Long Shot, The Triumphs and Struggles of an NBA Freedom Fighter by Craig Hodges. And so with that, we're just going to remind you again after last Friday's episode about our Freddie Freeman MVP candidacy, Freddie for MVP. Hashtag Freddie for MVP. We started the campaign last week on this show. Um, and ESPN is already picking it up. It's their new headline. It's getting out there. It's, you know, ever since we dropped it, it seemed like the ball's gotten rolling. It's like a snowball effect. And we were the seed like I went off about last week. I mean, we started I, something big. I'm not saying that I want enforcement conduct to be in the MVP acceptance speech, but I am. Or we should get a vote. Or we should get free season tickets. 
or we should be uh, owner should of be the MLB, into commissioner. The, inducted into the Hall of Fame? That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. I mean, first baseman for the Braves. It's, it's your it's your move in the MLB. Your call. Your call. All right. So but that's going to be our episode. Make sure you go out and tweet hashtag Freddy for MVP. Sorry for cutting you off, McLean. Also, hashtag Freddy for MVP. We, we have an inter- Instagram now. We do. At, what's the at? It's, I think it's at. UC Sports Podcast. No, it's at, not. It's maybe. at U at USLC Sports Podcast on Instagram. Has our logo. We've already gotten a picture out there. We've got our links out there. Good stuff out there. So you now McLean doesn't uh, mess up anymore when he says follow us on Instagram, Twitter, everything like that. So now you can actually follow us on Instagram. Actually follow us on Instagram. Do so. Um, we try to follow back unless we don't know you. Right. And um, we dropped a, a funny little video uh, last Friday, our, our new little feature called Sports Sunny Side Up, which we'll drop every now and again. Um, it's a little fun thing. Check it out. We started the first ever Waffle House Derby. So um, if you if you want to know what that is. Patent pending. Patent. Yeah. Patent pending. If you want to know what the Waffle House Derby is, you got to watch this video. It's must see TV, folks. Must see TV. Hashtag Freddy for MVP. So with that, we're going to leave you. And thank you again for listening and subscribing. This has been McLean Baxley. Cole Ferguson. With Unsportsmanlike Conduct, and have a great week.